0: Hello and welcome to this edition of the Golf Channel Podcast with Rex and Lab. And what a day one at the U.S. Open that was. It certainly felt more like the old L.A. Open. Rex, you would certainly remember that. A pair of 62s in the long history of golf major championships. There's been just a single 62. It was shot by Brandon Grace six years ago at Burkdale. Today, there was not one, but two. And Ricky Fowler and Xander they turned them in. Basically, 22 minutes apart, it was an unbelievable day of scoring at Los Angeles Country Club. Rex, how do you feel after day one at LACC, Ricky and Xander leading the way by two shots over Wyndham Clark and Dustin Johnson? I don't know how
1: to feel because I don't think I saw this coming. I I think there was always the option for a couple of low scores. And to be fair, and actually Dustin Johnson just kind of brought this up when we were sort of peppering with questions about how easy the golf course was. And he goes, look, there's two guys at 62, but it falls off pretty quickly. I mean, if can kind of go down the leaderboard, not everyone was out there just lighting the place up. It's clear that Ricky Fowler and Xander Schauffele had really, really good days. It's also clear to me that the USGA is going to do whatever dark magic they have up their sleeves to make sure that this doesn't happen tomorrow. I don't know what that is because I've been I, I've been told the marine layer, whatever that mysterious thing is, isn't going away. It's June and so golf, gloom. It's June gloom from what they say, yes. Thank you, Steve Potowski, for the report. But now moving on to the real golf. I, I would argue that this was my fear, and I think we talked about this on the podcast earlier in the week. My fear was this is such a cool and unique layout, and I've, I've kind of become a golf nerd since we played here last month because I felt like it was going to be just one of those – Really, really special weeks that people were exposed to just something different in golf. And now my fear is is that the USGA is sitting in a room right now, pacing back and forth, trying to come up with the devious places to put every single pin.
0: Do you think the winning score is lower, deeper, further under par than we are right now? I think the term you used today was drop anchor. Drop anchor. Yeah. Is USJ going to just drop anchor on this championship and have the winning score at eight under par, which is the winning score that you and I, I believe both uh, predicted for this championship. I, I mean, obviously I don't think anyone saw a 62. I don't care if it was drizzling this morning. I don't care if it was overcast. It took some of the fire out of the greens. I don't care if some of the, the T's removed up. I don't care if some of the pins were accessible. Like no one, you just don't care. no one shot saw a 62. Uh, and so, I still believe Rex. We're looking at a winning score at this championship that's somewhere between eight and ten. Which, if you look at recent history, like that's not outrageous. I think back to Pebble Beach twenty nineteen. There was a lot of fear that that was going to get out of control. They are going have to trick it up thirteen under par one. No one talked about how easy it was. No talked. No one talked about how it wasn't uh, your your grandfather's U.S. Open. Like that was a great test of golf. This is still a great test of golf. You mentioned the scoring disparity. Like there was the two sixty twos. The 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 third lowest score, I guess, among the one who was 67. Scotty Scheffler and Bryson DeChambeau turned it in. Yes, there's a couple of good ones uh, in the afternoon. Uh, I still think LACC held its own on day one, and I still think there's the potential, whether you tip out some tee boxes, whether you uh, yeah. cut some interesting hole locations, if the, if the greens get, like, they're going to deprive this golf course of, of water and oxygen. Like it's going, it's going to be very crispy by the time Choke the weekend the rolls better. around. And that's, and that's exactly what you want to see. I'm not, I'm not concerned whatsoever.
1: I, I'm going to do like that, the terrible sports radio thing and, and throw this on someone else. I saw on Twitter that someone said, Nope. nope. <laughs> nope Sentences nope, should not. never start that way. <laughs> I saw on Twitter that someone said, you're right behind me here, uh, that it, they, this huge conspiracy theory, that the USGA set the golf course up today intentionally easy to try to prove a point about the golf ball. Now I'm not saying I said that because that would be wildly irresponsible for journalists to say anything like that. I'm saying I read it on Twitter that the USGA set it up so easy. So now after the week is over, they could point and say, look at this beautiful golf course that we want to keep coming back to. And they shot 62, two players shot 62. One of them, Dustin Johnson, could have, he had an opportunity at the last hole. Instead, he made a bogey, and he needed to make a birdie. I, I'm not saying that I believe that, but I'm just throwing it out there for discussion.
0: You think they would go that far? No, to that extreme? Not, they, they not would me. rewrite. No, let's be clear, would, you're,
1: you're complaining this, not me.
0: They would rewrite the history of major championship golf in order to prove a point while we're very much in this comment period for rolling back the ball to be implemented in three years, three years' time. Why don't they I don't think you doing it. So, I find that so, reckless
1: for someone to say that.
0: But I, 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 but I think I did see you at least give it a like, if not, a, if not an outright <laughs> rt
1: rt. <laughs> <laughs> I quote tweeted it because I had some other things to add to the craziness that is the interweb. No, I, I don't believe that. Obviously, uh, to your point, I no. I think, no it, I think
0: it. it's just a scorebook golf course. Like honestly, like there's there are drivable par fours. There are I think we counted them yesterday, like seven or we'll eight holes in which you're going to be hitting a wedge. And so if you, if you have receptive greens, like there was a little bit of a, a gloom this morning, it was overcast the entire oh, wow. day. Like there's was, there was still a lot of moisture that is in that golf course. And So when you have that factor, when you have wedges and when you don't have any wind. And so 43 yard wide fairways are essentially playing to their average. When you don't have the, the severe crosswinds, like the, these are the best ways in the world. Like, of course they're going to tear it up. This is not an overly difficult golf course in the right condition, which the USGA should be able to control that over the next three days. You can certainly get it there uh, to where it's a it's it's all these guys can ha- possibly handle.
1: And I will say, and, and to, almost to a man, you talk to a lot of players, I talk to a lot of players, there was a, I'm not going to say fear, but they all were bracing for the inevitable. I, I think what happens is John Bonehammer and his crew get together. And and, tighten the and screws. They, Tighten the screws, start playing the tee boxes further and further back. DJ brought up a really good point. They played the golf course short today, but specifically they played the par threes short. And I think we said earlier in the week that the par threes are the heart and soul of this golf course. They can put a lot more fire and a lot more teeth into this golf course. That's not to say there's not going to be some scores out there. Because as you pointed out, I think if you play the hard holes decent, then yes, you have some opportunities to go out and to be aggressive. It, It went the other way a lot of different players like a lot of players had, had plenty of issues but yes it's those two scores it was a historic scoring day that I think is going to be the headline
0: yeah like we're recording this uh, the, f- the first round is not yet complete the scoring average is 71.3 so like 1.3 strokes uh, over par like it was a historic day for scoring at the U.S. Open but the story that I wrote on golf on Thursday night is this was great it was a lot of fun it was history made, and everyone is now girding themselves for what's to come over the remaining 54 holes. Xander Schauffele, uh, who shot the historic 62, said, quote, you just wait until this per- until this place firms up. It's going to be nasty. Let's start, Rex, with who you wrote on Thursday night. That was one Ricky Fowler back from the depths. I remember last year at the country club, he was the odd man out. He, he waited around first all alternate. day on the range yeah. as the first alternate Never got in you flash forward now fifty two weeks guy's back inside the top 50 in the world uh, from he he's more from a below average ball striker to now one of the very best on the pJ tour what was your angle uh, with with young Ricky Fowler uh, who is no longer uh, quite as young as he used to be
1: uh, and you hit on it it was from first alternate to first guy to shoot a sixty two in the u s open and so did to, to go from someone who and that has to be like the cruelest thing for a professional golfer to stand there all day and stare at the one thing that you want, which is to play in a U.S. Open at that golf course, to have an opportunity to complete a lifelong dream to winning a major championship. And it's just there. I remember talking with Ricky on the other end of the range at Brookline, and it was 20 yards away that T was. And yet he had to sit there all day and hit balls, and just the cruelest thing in the world. And now you sort of go through the year. And I had a chance to talk with the swing coach, Butch Harmon, about how. They were able to get back together and butch talked about just the things they had to work on with the swing and there were some very specific physical things he said ricky had gotten too flat and he wasn't clearing his hips well enough and but he goes i was able to clear those up quickly it was the other stuff it was all the mental damage that the last two or three years had caused that was the big issue because he had lost all of his confidence and this was a player that kind of lived on confidence like he put himself in a bad position and yet, every single time he found a way to, to get himself out of that position, and that had all gone away because of the way he had played. He said he's backed away. He, Ricky said he goes, "I'm back to where I was in 2014, 2015." Butch said he felt like he's actually better right now, certainly from a swing perspective. He, he looked pointed out his stats today. Like,
0: I mean, he was really, really good. I mean, his his ball striking stats strikes have, have have never been better. Like he's you know, been a great it, player. He's been a great player on the PJ tour. He had top fives. In all four majors in one year back in that great year in 2014, he's won a player's championship, but never has he struck the ball statistically better than he is right now.
1: No. And today, I think the key was actually he made some like mid length putts. I think he had seven yeah. putts over 10 feet. Led the, long. Led so the that, field,
0: he led, led the field in putting. Yeah,
1: starts game putting. And I think that's, that's probably the key. But yeah, to the point. And I think anyone who was paying attention, and I will take a bit of a big route lap that, you know, the guy on the outside that you thought would have a chance this week, I picked Ricky because outside. I picked Ricky of, as well. I think everybody outside of, of John Rahm and Scotty Scheffler and Roy McIlroy, no one had been more consistent this season than rookie. I think he'd missed one cut so far this year. And, and he had, I think, all but two finishes inside the top 20. I mean, he had been or thereabouts in pretty much every single start. So you could have seen this coming. I don't think anybody was surprised by that. But it certainly must be rewarding to sort of take that journey over the last 12 months between Thursday last year at Brookline and this historic Thursday.
0: Yeah, there was people certainly a year ago, a year and a half ago, who thought he was absolutely toast. That he didn't have the motivation, didn't have the work ethic to get back. His putting was too far gone. Um, his his swing, he was he wasn't going to get back with Butch. Whatever the case may be, they thought that he was absolutely toast. And so to see him, I, I think you're exactly right. It has to be super rewarding. Uh, and there's still so much for him to achieve to make sure he gets all the way back. First time uh, he has really been in the mix in a major in four years, a guy who he's now tied with here at LACC, who has been in the mix at majors plenty. I literally have picked this guy to win a major, every major essentially for the did last you, six years. Did so you pick time, him this time? Did you pick him this time? The one time, time, one time yeah. I didn't do it. He puts himself Aww. in the, he puts himself in the history books, uh, alongside Ricky Fowler with a 62 Xander Schauffele. No surprise whatsoever. One of the most consistent players on the PGA tour, uh, currently has the longest, uh, Active made cut streak on the PGA Tour. He's, I think he's really flown under the radar this year, has not had uh, an individual title, Uh, has just kind of been kind of lurking, right? He's kind of been living in that fifth place to 20th place. Uh, To see him uh, shoot 62 in the U.S. Open was a surprise, but to see him leading the U.S. Open, not a surprise at all. Uh, Six consecutive top 14 finishes in our national championship. What are your thoughts on Rick, uh, excuse me, Xander? Uh, who now finds himself in the mix at a major yet again.
1: I think he would have been in the conversation coming into this. Neither one of us. I didn't pick him either, and I can hear it now, me being mean to you. So, Zach, I apologize. I'll stop being mean to Labner because I don't want to do that anymore. But
0: But I texted my my buddy last night. He said, give me three picks. Give me three picks for the U.S. Open. I said Xander. I said Brooks. Oops. Shot one over par. And I said Scotty, who shot 67. We'll certainly get Scotty here shortly.
1: Yeah, and I want to get to Scotty, but with with Xander, you would think a SoCal guy, you figure coming back here, he would have good memories. He'd have, but all the good feels. But but you're right; it's his play in the major championships that we keep looking at because that seems to be the next obvious step for Xander. And you keep waiting for him to do it. And to your credit, you keep picking him, you keep picking him, and you keep picking him. He doesn't deliver. Eventually, you're going to have to jump off the horse. I really picked definition. him as
0: my player of the year in 2023. And he does not yet have a win. <laughs>
1: It's kind of the definition of insanity. So, yes, he was in a difficult position. I I didn't pick him either simply because until he actually does it in a major championship, you're always going to be a little bit reluctant. But I don't think I'm surprised. I'm surprised at the number. Like 62 was not a number I would have jotted down. But I wouldn't have been surprised if you told me at the end of day one he'd be tied for the league.
0: Do you think, Rex, this is the 50-year anniversary of Johnny Miller's famed 63 at Oakmont. Do you think that this – historic day is going to be devalued in any way like I don't think anyone views Brandon Grace's 62 at Burkdale six years ago in the same vein as that Johnny Miller round right like I think just just in terms of strokes gained in relation to uh, the rest of the field uh, yeah. the the, be- the benign conditions that day do you feel like we're, we're bound to see Ricky's and Xanders kind of fall in that same vein?
1: i would be really curious how how history is going to remember this and only because for 22 minutes as you pointed out i kept thinking to myself like wow ricky has done something truly historic like i I wonder if it's going to land i wonder if he's really going to understand i wonder if he's going going to get credit for it or is everyone going to point to as the conspiracy conspiracy theorists that i just mentioned on twitter going to point to all these different things that factored into this that maybe they play the ball Uh, To your point, and that's always a good way of doing it. I remember doing this story a few years ago, trying to figure out the best round on tour. And probably the best round to do it is just look at the scoring average and just figure out the spread. The scoring average today was 70, or it is right now. It's not finished.
0: 713
1: Yeah. And so I think in that context, they should be remembered. Because by comparison, they're almost 10 strokes better than the rest of the field. I mean, that to me is, is, is telling. Like it, it's really, really When you really start good. getting
0: that 8, 9, 10 territory, like you've done something exceptional.
1: Yeah, so I think that's a fair way of judging it. I think the fact that two players did it is probably going to be the one thing everyone points to and be like, well, it was easy. Two guys did it in one day. That's probably going, going to gloss over the history books. But I, I think probably 20 years from now, No one's really going to remember that. It's just going to be that Ricky and Xander hold the record at the U.S. Open with 62.
0: Yeah, I think you're probably right. I mean, like, Ricky made 10 birdies. Like, he shot 62. He shot the lowest round in U.S. Open history, at least for 22 minutes, with 10 birdies and two bogeys. Like, that's just an exceptional round of golf. It is the first time in U.S. Open history that there have been uh, six rounds of 65 or lower. Like, it it was a gettable day for scoring, and those guys just happened to do it better. Than anyone else, I don't think there's necessarily a reason to knock. He made a birdie
1: from a borenka
0: John Bodenhammer was weeping, not, and then probably giving a probably giving a dissertation to someone uh, on. I'm some not the expert. Expert, however, however, how much time you got? Uh, what else stood out to you? Give me one big storyline that you're drawing from this day one leaderboard.
1: You touched on it, Scotty Scheffler. I think he gained one and a half strokes on the greens. And I had to go back and look. And actually, that that wasn't all that out of character. He actually gained like 1.9 strokes, I think, in round two in Dallas just a few weeks ago. So it's not as though he hasn't done it this year. I think the thing about it is he hadn't done it in sort of that important moment. And I think in his mind, I know it's just Thursday and we got a lot of golf to play. But this had to be an important moment for him. Because, as I said, I spoke with his swing coach, Randy Smith. I mean, you don't want this to become a thing. You don't yeah. want. I, it look, was I'm leaving the field. Dangerously
0: close to a thing,
1: and and look, this is just one round. I don't want to make this into something bigger than it actually is. But that certainly has to help. That certainly has to do something for his confidence, which I'm sure was at a very, very low mark.
0: We were getting dangerously close, Rex, to how we were kind of treating and talking and listening to John Rahm a year ago last spring. There was so much talk. John Rahm was driving the ball exceptionally well. Uh, he'd really made some uh immense strides with this ball striking yet you looked at his work on and around the greens was the worst it had ever been and there was there 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 started to be a defensiveness in John Rahm's tone a year ago when you and like if you put yourself in the athlete's shoes it has to be really unnerving and frustrating to just hear over and over again that you're not a good putter golf is such a mental game a lot of these guys have uh psych coaches like to hear that over and over again cannot be healthy uh, for your mentality. And so when you shoot 68, but it could have been 64, like it just it just sort of eats at you. And so I thought this was a huge round mentally for Scotty Scheffler to to see some mid range putts go in, obviously because that's how you're going to shoot a good round in the U.S. Open. But but I think more importantly, just he didn't have those misses from five to seven. Feet that have just plagued him and derailed all of his momentum uh, over his past couple of starts. I mean, it was it was really bad. Like we're talking like minus eight strokes gained. I think overall yeah. he lost like twenty over his past couple of starts. So I thought this was a huge step for Scotty Scheffler. I still feel very confident him turning into sixty seven here, five shots back. Uh, when, the, when these conditions get more difficult, when the be- that's what the best ball strikers want is is to really get this uh, place baked out. And kind of accentuate their ball striking gifts. Like I think Scotty Shuffler is clearly going to be right there. I want to touch on Rory. Uh, I don't believe either of us gave him much of a chance to actually contend in this tournament. wouldn't be, Wouldn't wouldn't be surprised if like he he posted uh, a, a good finish on, on Wikipedia that you look back. I, mean, I
1: never years. said he wouldn't contend. I don't think you said that either. We just didn't point him out as someone to watch simply because of what he had done the last few weeks. Certainly going back to the, uh, Memorial where he just didn't have it on the weekend going back to Canada where he just didn't have it on the weekend, he's going through a swing change. He's been very, very clear about this. So no, I don't think I was going to have a lot of faith in someone that doesn't seem to have a lot of faith in their own swing right now.
0: Yeah. I mean, certainly had some Sunday scar tissue. When I talked to him on Tuesday, I think it was the day that he canceled uh, his press conference. He said he felt like he was building towards something, right? Like he kind of made an excuse for Memorial. He said, well, if I didn't make the putt on Saturday night, would have teed off about 90 minutes earlier. I think the conditions would have been easier. On Sunday in Canada, he said, well, I just didn't adjust to the slower greens, uh, and that kind of uh, slowed any sort of uh, surge that I could have had on the final day. I do think he's showing some serious signs of progress with his ball striking. missed just two greens uh, in the opening round here at LACC. One of them, however, came on the 18th hole. He only had 165 yards, tried to hit like a sawed-off shot, just hung up on the the collar there, It very, very thick rough. Looked like he was going for the hero shot, Rex, like a little, little flip, uh, flop, just off the corner, basically cut right underneath it. I actually needed to make an eight-footer just to save bogey, uh, but I do like what I saw from Roy today, shooting five under 65. The, I mean, the, the question has always been, can he win on a golf course that is firm, that is fiery, that is baked No,
1: out, no, throw your stat out there. Throw your stat has out. Has
0: never there. won a yeah. tournament in which single digits under par was the winning score. And the two digits
1: do one round or eight under par. So so that that's your your stat you're you can you're you're gonna you're gonna do this where you always use the same stat for to make different arguments. So you can't use the same stat now to make the argument that oh well, because there's a very facts good facts.
0: chance facts, if, facts.
1: No, that's fine. There's a really good chance that the winner is going to be double digits under par. So you can't dismiss his chances just because you, you keep throwing that stat out there.
0: That should actually help him. If the winning score is going to be double digits. If if That's the winning score at this U.S. Open is double digits under par, I feel a lot better about Roy McIlroy's chances. If, However, if they really tighten the screws on Thursday night and Friday morning and make this golf course a little bit of a torture chamber here for the second round, which I'm still a little skeptical, Rex. Like, you still have 156 guys the 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 middle to bottom half of this field is not strong. It's filled with qualifiers uh, and people who, quite frankly, don't really have business contending in a major championship. Like you, still have to make it somewhat feasible for these guys to get around. I don't think the torture is going to come on Friday. I do think it'll be slightly more difficult, but not quite there. If if it's single digit under par, he's. I think he still. I think he still has a lot to prove, uh, but Thursday was a good start. What's one thing, Rex? Uh, as we button up this mini pod here at the USO, but what's one thing you're looking forward to seeing on Friday?
1: What they do to the golf course. like, And I don't know what that is. Again, I, I called it black magic. So are you going to go out and you're going to put pins in bunkers? <laughs> are,
0: are you going to find a way to- <laughs> Barrancas, the the- put them in the Barrancas. <laughs>
1: Where they're going to end up. Don't know much about them. However, I, I think what, what's going to happen is they're going to lose all the hoses. They're going to lose all the mowers. They're just going to disappear overnight because nothing's getting cut and nothing's getting watered. And by the time we get to Sunday, the golf course is going to be brown. Some of it's going to be dead. <laughs> they're not going to be happy when we leave here on Monday, but they're going to find a way to make this more difficult.
0: John Rahm shot 69. Uh, Brooks Kepka had a really tough start, was three over par early. Actually did well, I think, to turn in 71. He'll be heading out. Uh, Brooks Kepka will on Friday morning with fresh greens. Curious to see what he can do. I think if you're Brooks Kepka, the last thing you wanted to see was sixty two winning this golf winning this golf tournament on Thursday morning. He said it himself. He is not built for shootouts. He is not built for uh, tournaments in which sixty five is kind of going to be keeping pace with the rest of the contenders. Can he dial it up on Friday? and shoot that 65-66 that he's going to need to really give himself a chance. Uh, that is kind of what I'm looking forward to seeing most on Friday. Anything before we go?
1: Uh, no, it is interesting that both those players are hoping for different things. Rory uh, doesn't want the anchor to drop, and Brooks wants the anchor to drop. So I think that's <laughs> fascinating.
0: Yep, I think that says a lot about the players and where they are uh, at their point in their major championship careers. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of the Golf Channel Podcast with Rex and Laugh and MiniPod. Which we'll bring into you each and every round of this USL. Make sure you guys go to golfchannel.com for all of our news, notes, features, analysis. Make sure you check out Rex on Golf shows live from. He and I may or may not be together over the weekend, so of course, waiting uh, for that notification. But thank you guys for listening. We'll talk to you on Friday night.